Hello and happy Tuesday, my friends. This is Amy Lee San Juan, and I'd like to welcome you back to another deeply informative episode of Cisco Champion Radio, where we discuss topics across the Cisco portfolio to give you the insights you want and hopefully need. Today, we are talking about the future of the meeting room and what that's going to look like as our workplace is ever evolving. In particular, we are going to, to going to discuss how RoomOS supports every workflow from the meeting room to the home office, and we are going to unveil some pretty stunning revelations around interoperability, so folks, stay with us for the next half hour or so and learn with us. Okay, to help drive the conversation, we have Cisco champion host Ahmed, Amr, and Sebrin, and Cisco expert Rich with us here today. You all know the flow here. We are going to get started with introductions. And Rich, we are going to start with you. I am so happy to have you back on the podcast. Can you tell us more about what you, not what you are, who you are and what you do at Cisco? <laughs> Thank you, Amy Lee. So first of all, uh, it's a pleasure to be back. I'm super happy to be here. It's uh, one of my favorite uh, podcasts to be on and uh, I'm excited Aww. for this conversation ahead. Um, so my name is Rich Bays. I'm the Director of Product Management for WebEx Devices based out of Oslo, Norway. Um, I've been in the industry for over 10 years now. Um, I used to be a partner before joining Cisco and uh, I joined as a product manager uh, leading the management and the hybrid strategy for, for Cisco. And now uh, my team looks after the entire WebEx device software portfolio. Nice. It's quite a journey at Cisco. All right. On to our host. Ahmad, tell us about yourself. Hi, all. Uh, nice to be with you again in this uh, podcast and my favorite topic. I am Ahmad Tamni. I'm technical uh, sales in Gulf Business Machine, one of the biggest system integrator in the United Arab of Emirates. I just moved from another market and I'm doing most of the activity related to multiple technology technologies, including collaboration and um, other uh, Cisco technologies. Wonderful. Amr, you're up next. Okay, my name is uh, Amr Nasher. I am um, working as the managing director for Cisco Partner called Tawassal based in Saudi Arabia, which focus more into collaboration solutions from Cisco. My Twitter handle is amr underscore Nasher in A-S-H-E-R. Uh, you can also find it in the show notes. And this is my sixth year as Cisco champion. Woo. <laughs> wow. Fixed already. Cool. <clears throat> That's a long time a... already, Gamer. <clears throat> that is. It is. Well, my name is uh, Sibrin Beukenkamp. I'm owner of Three Corners, <laughs> located in the Netherlands. Uh, we are specialized in Cisco collaboration, contact center, and Cisco HTS, or WebEx. My Twitter handle is at SibrinB. All right. Cool. Well, let's get into it. Um, Rich, before we get into the conversation, is there any background or context that you can provide to our listeners? Yeah. So I think over the past few years, the collaboration industry has completely evolved. It's changed um, through the pandemic and, and where we're at now. It's, uh, uh, it's accelerated at a speed. I don't think anyone kind of realized that, you know, as we went into these uh, more home environment or work from home or hybrid environment, the need for collaboration, you know, was, was tenfold. Um, and, uh, that's obviously now changing as we return to the office and as we get back into the, these works, uh, workspaces, the, the, the need of the actual workspace is also changing as well. Um, it's no longer the same as it was a couple of years ago. And here at Cisco, we're really trying to look at how we can you know, use our products to really promote uh, productivity um, in those spaces. And 
to me, I think there's kind of three, you know, big points or, or key kind of like uh, things that have happened, you know, in the meeting space with technology uh, in them. One is um, uh, it's no longer just about optimizing for the in-room experience, but uh, every meeting is going to have, you know, 90, 98% of, of meetings are going to have a remote person in some capacity with them. So how do you make sure the in-room experience is optimized for in-room collaboration as well as remote collaboration and that hybrid model as well? Um, I think that's a big change for everyone going forward. The second big topic is around uh, the multi-vendor experience. A, a lot of devices out there and, and uh, in the industry has been very tailored towards a single vendor experience. Um, and then now as we move into the new world, um, uh, every customer has a different meeting platform. Everyone is talking B2B to each other. Um, you know, you have to be able to join any meeting at any time. And so having a great multi-vendor experience, I think, is going to be critical moving forward as well. And the third topic, um, which is a bit more broader, is around, I think, uh, uh, the way these devices actually work in the meeting room. Um, in particular, in the past, it was very much a single workflow. So it was like you're either doing a call or a meeting or you're doing a whiteboard or you're doing a screen share. Um, but now, you know, there's a lot more technology uh, out there, a lot, lot more applications out there. And how can the technology in the room, which is a significant investment from customers to go and put this technology into a room, how can we use that in the right way to do multiple workloads and multiple workflows at any given time and then bring them together in one? And I think you know that, that's, those are the three key drivers I see that's gonna really change the meeting room. And, and definitely as we return to this office environment, every, uh, every customer from the IT department to facilities to HR to the CEO, is very interested in making sure that their environment is equipped with technology to help have a, pr a productive day because you don't want to like leave the home and not have equipment or technology to achieve the work you can you've already done for the last two years in a more home environment cool that's a, a very good introduction um rich um i would like to to jump in right in into the um the future of the meeting room because when when i look into the future of the meeting room i see a huge uh, what, what you already mentioned a huge interrupt discussion. Uh, when we see, when we look into interrupt, uh, it, it's kind of used as a as a buzzword, buzzword amongst the major vendors uh, uh, in in the market. Um, and when you talk to each vendor, they all uh, have an, have their own explanation on, on how they see interrupt. Uh, some vendors even uh, interpret interrupt as as swapping firmware on their on their uh, devices. Um, Beginning of this year, we see a um, the introduction of RoomOS 11. What can we expect uh, from the interop into RoomOS 11? Because it seems to be preparing us, what you already mentioned, the multiple workloads, um, multiple uh, uh, features. Um, um, so I'm, I'm just kind of excited in, in what we can expect in, in the upcoming month um, on RoomOS 11 in terms of also the introduction of the new new boards we see the boards pro we already see introduced so what can you tell yeah it's a it's a, it's a very hot topic at the moment in terms of uh, and you're right it is a the interrupt is a is a buzzword and uh it's uh it's not a buzzword for no reason it, it's very critical and important uh i think for customers to have that experience to be able to have the ability to talk to anyone at any time and have a very consistent user experience. So you mentioned uh, Rumors 11, and, and maybe that's a good starting point to, to start there. And, and as we'll, I'll go deeper into that topic, is uh, we released Rumors 11 at the start of the year for our desk and board devices. And coming up in uh, in the towards the June timeframe, it will be available across all our devices. And this was a big undertaking. It wasn't just focused on interop. It was it was obviously focused on the entire collaboration portfolio. But we mm -hmm. saw a need. 
to refresh our user experience, but not just the user experience, but also the underlying platform architecture. We wanted to make sure that we could build an operating system that can work in the, in the meeting room or at the desk that was able to handle those multiple workloads. And uh, in particular, when it comes to interop, um, we're, our goal really is to have that consistent experience, um, regardless of what meeting platform you want to join. Um, with a WebEx, Cisco WebEx device, you can join a WebEx meeting um, through multiple different methods where it would be one button to push with the big green button or the join WebEx button. Um, but if you get invited to a Zoom meeting or a Microsoft meeting or a Google meeting, um, you want to be able to join that as well from our, our devices. And you do mention, you know, a lot of other vendors have this uh, ability to switch firmware loads. And uh, I actually even know of a, of a customer out there uh, who was telling me a story that they were... Uh, booking the meeting room 10 minutes before the meeting just to switch the firmware load. And like that, that's not a great experience, you know, for one, having maximizing the time of the usage of the workplace, but it's, uh, it's also different user experiences. How do you know what button to press? And that's really our goal. Our goal is to really bring this experience so that uh, you have this consistent user experience across all your meeting rooms, um, but you're able to also get all those functionalities from those meeting vendors. So we are working closely with Microsoft, Zoom, and Google, um, and also others as well, some other third parties and open uh, source uh, WebRTC vendors about how we can bring that experience to our devices. And in, and in particular, um, uh, Zoom, we've, we've just recently uh, made an announcement uh, at, the, at the moment, and uh, Enterprise Connect, uh, we've talked about a couple of things. One is uh, some of the enhancements around Microsoft in terms of how we're going to enhance the WebRTC experience there. Um, by bringing uh, the ability to do HDMI cable share and, and dual screen in the future to our devices, as well as uh, joined by any meeting ID, uh, which is uh, something that we've been waiting for a long time for Microsoft to, to, to support and uh, bring that to our devices for customers very early so that you can get that great experience. Google, we, we already have there with a the Google experience with Google Meet, and uh, we're doubling down on that and looking how we work with Google to bring more functionality to those devices for Google Meet. And then Zoom, and I think Zoom's a really interesting one as well because uh, Zoom has got uh, a SIP interrupt uh, ability at the moment, um, uh, which you can join, uh, so you can join from any any device mm -hmm. into a Zoom meeting for the, for the SIP uh, uh, versioning. But uh, that user experience, we wanted to bring that user experience to our device as well. So uh, we wanted to really make sure that the uh, the UI in a call re resembled a Zoom uh, 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 meeting. Um, you had the Zoom functionality on that device, so bringing that experience. And also that we want anyone that has a Cisco device on our Cisco uh, uh, cloud and, and a collaboration platform to join any Zoom meeting without having to worry about anything. So you, you can heavily, easily have a direct guest join experience for that. And and end up there like to the, the bring it all together this is not just like a one and done this is this is a a, a strategy that we are fully behind in in terms of ensuring that uh not just the four major vendors including webex uh is is the best experience possible but that you can use this device in the best way possible for, for any meeting and a good example around the board pro you mentioned is that we uh, now have usb pass-through support uh, on the board pro um, all our desk devices have usb pass-through support um, our strategy is that all devices moving forward will have usb pass-through support and uh, for for listeners here usb pass-through support is the ability to use your device uh, hardware for the camera microphone and speakers powering a meeting from your laptop um, and that means you can power you know uh, meetings on facebook workplace or or any other uh you know solution out there as well so um this is something i think it's quite big uh and uh it's going to be core part of our portfolio uh, moving forward well having multiple vendor experience will be great for the customers and um, with this i remember the number of innovations that came with webex in the last two years or maybe 
last year which is more than 700 innovation and feature so i believe we can expect more in term of artificial intelligence and machine learning especially with the new uh, webex os so put us in the picture and tell us what we can get from the new updates in this particular field yeah it's a really good question and and it also impacts the interop and and the uh, multiple vendor meeting platform and so our dna has always been around having the best artificial intelligence on the device locally so we can really use that power without having to uh, send information to the cloud and have a very secure kind of process there um and in our chipsets we have the ability to do some very deep powerful camera and 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 audio intelligence uh, on that so uh, one of the big features we've been working on is something called People Focus. And People Focus is a WebEx Meetings feature uh, or layout option at this moment in time where we're able to really uh, make sure that everyone is seen and heard and, and also is uh, have more uh, a quality in, in, in a meeting setting. And, and I think that's a really a, a big step forward there. But on top of that, what if you join a Microsoft meeting or join a Zoom meeting or you join a Google meeting? You also want to have that same artificial intelligence giving you value and benefit in those environments. And that's with the new RoomOS 11 uh, functionality. We're also bringing uh, best overview uh, as a default experience to them. And best overview is the, uh, the camera intelligence feature where... Uh, we make sure we can capture everyone in the room, and and then what using our AI we can uh, we can um, I want to say crop crops are the wrong word here, but we can find regions of interest or, or or in terms of people in this case, and then make sure that they are maximized in in the in the view, um, and this is really I think. Uh, critical to this hybrid meeting approach and making sure that you know we're able to see everyone clearly definitely um um uh, i was talking to my uh, my pm colleague the other day and and uh, we were chatting about this uh, um uh, situation called uh, uh, big intern little ceo um and uh, so i'm going to paint a picture here a little bit for people so imagine a very very long conference room um which you know maybe is 10 15 meters long you know 30 40 feet long um, and you're the majority of the time, the most important person uh, sits at the end of the table at the, in the middle at the very back. It's, uh, it's something that psychologically we, we just we, human beings just do in, in some of these environments. Um, that person, if you just have a normal camera angle, just looking at the entire room, people sitting closer to the camera are going to be appear much larger and bigger than the person at the back. And our goal is to make sure that everyone feels equal in that environment. And uh, also what's quite important, we did we noticed through the pandemic. Um, when everyone was uh, their own single 16 by 9 frame inside of a video meeting, um, that everyone's face and, and uh, gestures and, and nonverbal communication was able to be seen. And um, traditionally in video conference rooms, we focus on the active speaker and we zoom in on the active speaker. And that means if you have eight people in a meeting room, the remote people are only ever seeing one person at any given time. And we felt that, you know, there is definitely situations and experiences where that's important. But what you want to make sure is that um, the people remote can also see the nonverbal gestures and 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 you know you know just like uh, I'll say for people who are uh, uh, listening here, like we can see each other today on the, on this call and, and talking about it. I can see when you guys nod and 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 have reactions to. It. I don't need to have that verbal interaction. And I think that's what the power of video conferencing r really brings is that how do we combine the audio and video quality you know uh, of seeing someone, but also be able to 
ensure we represent the nonverbal uh, aspects as well. And I think that's a, a big change in culture, not just for us, but I think for all these, all, everyone moving forward. And, and I've, I speak to customers every week and um, I was uh, joking before, right, uh, before, the, before we got on here about like losing my voice last week, talking to so many customers. And um, uh, when we, uh, um, when I speak to customers, that's the biggest thing they pull, I, I hear. I hear is that they, they wanna make sure that everyone's represented um, and, and feels inclusive and included in the conversation. And that's part of our, our goal and DNA is to, is to ensure that our intelligence is able to create that factor. On top of that, audio intelligence. Well, I'll, I'll I'll touch on audio intelligence for a second as well because we've done some massive uh, investments in, in the audio intelligence uh, area as well. Uh, we made an acquisition in oh I can't remember the year now. It's uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, some people are gonna hate me if I don't say the year right. So I'll say we made an acquisition a few years ago around around Babel Labs um, where we're able to bring in the audio intelligence uh, into our devices, and we just recently released a new feature called. Uh, 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 my voice or, or you uh, you only hear me basically. And, and this is really good for the desk environment. As we start moving back into the workplace, a lot of companies are switching to open floor plans, activity-based working, hot desking. Um, and you're used to having a meeting in your own four, room, uh, four walls of your house or your room. And uh, what I noticed, this is a, my, my personal opinion, is that uh, people became more open um, because you were kind of in your safe environment. Um, and I think we want to bring that to the office as well. And I think that's, um, that's really a driver for us is how can we, how can we not lose the, 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 the actual benefits of the home office environment and really uh, weave that into the workplace so that we can drive the best, uh, uh, not just the best collaboration, but the best productivity possible. Okay. So speaking of interoperability and, um, as we're speaking of that, um, currently, for example, we have. Um, joining a Microsoft Teams meeting, we have like a three ways to join that, like using using USB pass through, and um, WebRTC, and through the CVI. Is that right? So, what's the main difference, um, or or what's the best possible solution or ways to join to get the most um, experience, like the people focus and all the features that Webex has? That's a really really good question. Um... I'm gonna to have to break it down a little bit because you are right. There are multiple ways to join um, a Microsoft Teams meeting and that does add some complexity um, into some of the situations when it comes to recommendations and, and approaches to use. Um, we see right now WebRTC as a, uh, and it's from Microsoft, it's a, it's a direct guest join uh, method. It is really useful when you are um, a, maybe a WebEx meeting customer and you need to join a meeting uh, from a host of Microsoft Teams every once in a while. Uh, we're working with Microsoft on bringing more functionality and features to that WebRTC approach uh, that we can, it can align closer to a, a more native Microsoft te Teams room experience on our devices. And um, I feel like with our announcements we just made, you know, we're making some good progress uh, down, down, down that path. CVI um, uh, or uh, VMIT, as sometimes it's called in the indus industry, uh, uh, video interrupt um, is a solution where we're able to bring very high quality video, but it's, it is restricted uh, to a tenant basis. So you, you, uh, it is more for a customer who is using our devices and they're fully on Microsoft Teams for their, as their primary meeting vendor. Um, and you can get really great audio video experiences, but you know, there are some some gaps uh, in the CVI experience, not just from, from us. I think any, any CVI vendor has, has those gaps out there. Um, so then it becomes around the, the strategy aspect in terms of you know, uh, where are we going and, and where are we seeing the improvements. And um, 
in my mind, um, WebRTC is progressing at a quite fast speed and, and maturing in the industry. Google has put a lot of efforts behind it. Um, we have put a lot of efforts behind it. Uh, we're bringing WebRTC also across our WebEx portfolio better to uh, let people join meetings from the browser experience as well. And we're leveraging that, that knowledge and that experience to enhance the meeting room as well. Uh, so I personally see WebRTC um, in the future becoming the more dominant interop uh, ability um, uh, f uh, from a quality and from a feature set. Um, it is progressing. I'm not saying it's there today. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and try to sell you on, on those two different areas. I, I think it's, it's definitely progressing and, and hopefully you'll see those improvements over the next year. When it came to US, uh, USB pass-through and using the camera, audio and, and speakers, I think that has a, a unique role to play as well. And, and it still has a role to play when it comes to Microsoft, uh, Google, or Zoom, uh, where maybe you want to drive some unique features that exist in the client and they don't exist even on any room device, whether it be a Zoom or a Google or, or, or a Microsoft or, or a Cisco one. Um, but I think the benefit of USB pass-through is use that flexibility. And, and I think that's what we're really trying to drive uh, from Cisco is that when you buy a Cisco device, you have that flexibility to join any meeting at any time. And, um, you know, there's no guarantees from a customer, whether you're a Microsoft shop today, a Cisco shop today, whether you're going to be a Zoom one tomorrow or Google or the next big thing that comes around the corner. Um, but when you buy uh, video devices for your meeting room, you're traditionally uh, investing in that for multiple years at a time. And that, not, that might not align up with your software subscription strategy when it comes from a, from a, from a purchasing standpoint. So we want to make sure that your return on investment is safeguarded um in that aspect with our devices that you're able to join every meeting and and our goal is to really you know keep investing and improving that experience cool <clears throat> what i what i indeed see is um what you mentioned is that we've got now i think two two interrupt strategies that cvi and uh, and webrtc and when we talk about interrupt we most of the time focus on video audio and content sharing that's it and most of the time those those three features work more or less out of the box so maybe you cannot do dual screening but they're, most of the time that 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 works just fine um when you look into for example microsoft teams you have also some other non-media features like a participant list rosters a raise hand a powerpoint live um uh, features which are, at least from a Microsoft Teams perspective, are, are used quite often. How do you foresee those kind of non-video, non-media interrupts? It's a really good question. And you're right on, I say, I call the baseline. The baseline experience is you, you have to have a great quality vo uh, audio, video, and content sharing. Like that's the minimum for any communication or collaboration platform. Exactly. And I think if you can't deliver them, then you don't have an experience at all. Um, that's, so that's, that's the, and then you're right. It goes on from there. Then you start talking about the additional functionality, like in WebEx, we can do raise hand, reactions, uh, chat, uh, all the, all that other functionality and features. This is where I think the well between traditional AV and web conferencing is is colliding and combining and, and weaving and getting interwoven, I will say, uh, between each other. And um, I think it's really critical that all vendors out there uh, are open to uh, having the right APIs available to allow other vendors, not just ourselves, but all vendors to interrupt. Um, uh, I think it's very important that we, you know, uh, have it in the right way, like, uh, every 
every vet, every vendor out there has their special sauce, their secret sauce, right? And we all, we, I think during the during the pandemic, uh, we we all, uh, as Ahmad mentioned earlier, um, WebEx built seven hundred plus features over the last couple of years. Like we've all been yeah, building features at a fast yeah. rate based on customers' requests and 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 needs that that have been out there. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes and us included, those features can you know become behind some like what we what I say like walled garden so to speak and, and and that's not that's not the right approach and I think that's something that us as an industry um, we meet with uh, all the four uh, three big players including ourselves the four including us we meet on a weekly basis to to, to have these discussions um, about how can we make sure we can bring bring the best possible experience to our customer base our joint customer base um, and I think that's also you know something that we're we're quite strong from a portfolio play with our devices. We, uh, as a as a hardware vendor, um, we have hardware uh, that suits from the desk hub all the way up to a, a room panorama, uh, so your large mini room. So uh, we have and, and a bunch of devices in between. And as we see that expand, I think it's very important that you know we're able to bring that those features and functionalities to all those devices. And uh, I see a lot of positivity in that in that world. I I, I think. Uh, uh, a couple of years ago, if you asked me the same question two years ago, um, I, I think I would be sitting here uh, having more wishes and requests. Um, now I think it's more about execution. Uh, I think we have an aligned vision between all of us, but it's more about you know, how do we execute together and make sure we can bring those experiences where, where best possible. But do you see that uh, WebEx itself is also opening up? You mentioned uh, features behind walls. Um, uh, if you ask an, another party like uh, a Zoom or Microsoft to open open up, then Cisco needs to do exactly the same thing, right? A hundred percent. And a good example of that I can talk about is with Microsoft. Uh, on Microsoft Teams rooms, uh, we have the ability to have WebRTC interrupt back to WebEx. Um, and so it is a bi-directional. There is no, this is not a, you know, one person takes all approach. It is a, definitely a, a shared uh, strategy that we're able to, have the best communication and collaboration between us. Uh, so I, I fully agree. I think uh, we're trying to bring more features towards the SIP devices. We still have a lot of customers out there using SIP and and, uh, and there are also some regions out there where on-prem devices are, are critical in, in certain sectors and, and, and certain customers where cloud connectivity is just not possible yet. Um, maybe it will be in the future, maybe it won't be. And so we have to make sure that we also have those ability that uh, those interrupt features work across the different architectures that are out there as well. So. Um, um, I 100% agree. Like it has to be a two-way street. That's the word I was looking for before. <laughs> um, in terms of that, we are we're able to uh, give our you know best experience to customers of Microsoft and vice versa, Microsoft to to, to Cisco. Okay. Speaking of open up, opening up, um, we saw during the last like the last few years and the beginning of the the pandemic until the uh, um, that everybody was closed everybody like microsoft teams please use microsoft teams also cisco um, use cisco webex devices and everything like zoom also as the same however um, like 6 months back or 8 months back we started to see everybody started to opening up to each other and there is more inter interoperability so what drive this change? Like everybody was closed, everybody was, uh, and then all of a sudden everybody uh, started doing uh, interoperability with each uh, other platform. Honestly, my response is going to be, I think the speed of the pandemic caused us to react to the market at a very fast rate. And as we started building these features, our goal was to get them into customers' hands as quick as possible. 
And I think, you know, during that time, our focus obviously was, everyone's focus was primarily on their customer base, right? I, I think, you know, I can say that quite honestly here. I think now as we've, uh, as the world is kind of returning to the new normal, so to speak, and, and as the, uh, as I want to say slow down, things are not slowing down <laughs> whatsoever. Um, things are just speeding up, in my opinion. Um, as, as things speed up, we're starting to uh, sorry as 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 the world comes to, to, towards the new normal. I think we're seeing that uh, okay, it's important that we we look here and make sure that you know this is available to the to the the, the majority of customers out there. And um, there was a massive increase in adoption, uh, as you said, across the board. Like people were you know whatever they could get a hold of, they were they were there was the big shortage of webcams you know two years ago in the, in the industry with the supply chain issues. The supply chain is still hurting um, every uh, vendor out there. You know Cisco is not immune. Uh, to that as well right like in terms of, of, of what's happening there and those are going to take some time still to settle out and, and 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 get better but i think we have to meet the customer where they're at and i think that's at least my my mantra and and my and and, and my idea is that uh um in, we can't always get all the, the brand new shiny equipment to every customer so we have to make sure that we can work with what they have and and make sure that we can bring the best experience possible obviously our end our end goal is that everyone is able to refresh and upgrade and, and get to that new shiny equipment but it's uh that will take time um uh, the, the the supply chain demand you know it, it was more than 10x it was crazy you know in terms of what was required at, at the time uh so i think um to me it was more about it was more about the fact that we uh um needed to react fast in the industry and 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 that meant you know sometimes we had to look a little bit more internal to our, our customer base at the time um but uh that being said going forward um that's not the case we're making sure that everything we build um has that open platform and and Sebron, you you mentioned earlier around uh, the openness of, of webex and and one of the big uh, core parts of webex is our open apis and and now our in our management stack and and across our devices as well uh, we have thousands of apis and our devices available for anyone to integrate with our cloudx api solution has grown uh, a lot bigger over the last uh, few months um, and also uh, on a more feature level for, for customers, our whiteboarding solution has also changed. Um, so at, at Enterprise Connect and actually at WebEx One back um, uh, back last year, we announced the new WebEx whiteboard. One of the core features of the WebEx whiteboard is that it's not just a device-centric application or not just a WebEx application that you can use in the WebEx client. It's an application that uh, anyone can use at whiteboard.webex.com. Um, so you can go there, you can log in with your, with your WebEx ID and, and you can use that on your PC, you can, you, you can bring it on a device. And so we wanted to make sure that uh, regardless of what platform you use, you can still get value from, uh, from the WebEx suite and you can bring that into any meeting possible. And I think that's, to me, I, I think the future, the future is not just, you know, the features that we build, but also looking out there with like Miro, Mural, Slido that we have that we, we acquired last year. Uh, making sure all these applications can also can be easily integrated in the meeting room, but also on everyone's uh, laptop, whether you're a company employee or whether you're a guest joining in for a workshop or, or anything like that. They, we, the, the cloud gives that possibility to have this amazing sharing of technology. Um, our DNA at Cisco has always been like around security. Security is, is critical to us. It's, it's one of our core aspects that we build with. And just making sure that we have secure ways for people to interact and get access to that data. Um, uh, that's been, I think, a big change in the industry over the last couple of years. And I think going forward, you're gonna see more of that from us about us releasing applications out there that are able to, to be used across multiple platforms. A good example is Vidcast. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys have used Vidcast yet. It's a, a new asynchronous video tool that WebEx uh, launched at WebEx One last year where you can now 
record uh, 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 messages and video messages and, and screen share and send it to your colleagues in asynchronous format. Um, so I think those things are more open um, than before. And I think the biggest challenge now is going to be how do we bring that openness which you can get on a laptop, which everyone has a laptop or a mobile phone. How do you bring all that into the meeting room in a way that feels seamless and intuitive? And that goes back to that, that Rumus 11, that UI we're trying to build. We're trying, making sure the UI there is intuitive. We, we've changed from having a, a, a touch UI, like a, where you have to touch a button to kind of bring the UI up to a swipe UI, very similar to a lot of phones out there and, um, and, and tablets. And we want to make sure that when anyone walks into a meeting room, um, you're able to use the experience and not have to require a 1,500-page PDF document um, to understand how to use a meeting room because... Um, not saying that Cisco has ever done anything like that before, but it's, uh, I think that's something that we're moving away from as, as, as the world evolves. Um, things should be intuitive to, to pick up and use regardless of your, of your uh, uh, background or, or experience. It's very clear that this openness strategy is very mature and now the big player is converting it, it to the execution level. But what about the on-prem users that are using let's say the video conferencing on prem are they expecting to to get benefit for the same feature reflected from this strategy yes it's a it's a, it's a great question and and one of our you know key uh, segments that uh, that cisco is involved in and 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 not just in collaboration but across the entire uh, stack is is public sector and um and where there is obviously a uh, a higher bar for cloud um, uh, collaboration or even compute in, in, in those aspects. And I think that goes back to our strategy of making sure our devices have as much AI and intelligence and compute to do a lot of it locally. Um, and it's not just, a, you know, uh, for a privacy or security reasons, you know, to do some of the AI. It's also the fact that we can bring that value into that on-prem environment, into those kind of secure environments, um, air gap networks, etc. So, um you're i'm gonna i'm gonna say honestly that you know there's there's some things that the on-prem um is harder to do um it's a lot it, there is a, a lot of benefits to cloud when it comes to the compute and and the and the work the way that we can move data around in the cloud in, in some ways but that shouldn't exclude um the on-prem uh, customers from from having and the best experience possible and i think a good example of that is what we've done with uh, webex edge for devices and and how we're allowing customers who maybe have on-prem or very uh, they've heavily invested in on-prem infrastructure can still use that to the best ability possible but when they join a webex meeting they can they can just have have that data go to the cloud uh, so segmenting that as well so making sure that we uh, uh, we bring the best experience possible regardless of, of of what call you're making or how you're collaborating so speaking speaking of um integration and work from home before the recording uh, emily was speaking about um, what she will do after going back to the office with the, with her doc. So um, now it's going to through to the third year. And do you still see that we require a lot of devices? Do we require a lot of meeting rooms? Do you require to have a large meeting rooms? Or do you see the focus is going to uh, smaller devices, disk devices? Will they be dog oh, friendly? <laughs> <laughs> 
Amy, Amy Lee, I can tell you that our Babble Labs is able to reduce dog barking and eliminate it. So my, my dog sits in my room quite often with me and uh, she likes to bark at the postman, the neighbor or anything yep. that comes by. And uh, I've never had any complaints uh, using my device in my home office. So uh, yes, they are. I can, uh, if you if you want to put a stamp on it and saying it's dog certified, uh, we can definitely do that. Um, uh, but uh, I, I think, Amir, that's a, a great question you ask around the future of how workspaces will be built. And this is something I've been personally passionate about uh, for many years, even before um, uh, the pandemic. And in 2018, I traveled out to Asia for a month or so and, and, and Eastern Asia and, and uh, Singapore, Japan, Australia, and, and started talking to customers uh, around activity-based working um, and how they're progressing there. And I think the learnings we I got out there and, and seeing from the pandemic, uh, I expected about a five or six year kind of wave to happen across across the world in terms of like that change of culture. Um, I think that accelerated completely during during the pandemic. And and um, an example, we've been back in the office in Oslo for a few months now. And uh, 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 I remember one of, the, one of the first days I was back, um, I wanted to go find a little focus room to have a meeting um, so I can be honest. And, and, and I'm always honest and blunt and even in the open. Um, but uh, I wanted to go find a focus room so no everyone was, was distracted by my loud voice because I'm such a loud person. And um, everyone, every, every focus room was, was, was busy. Um, it was uh, that was not the case pre-pandemic in, in, in an office where we have uh, uh, 400 people and we have 100 plus devices right in that, in that, in that office. So it's uh, that was crazy uh, for me to realize. So I agree. I think there is a change. Um, I think that uh, every div every mini room is going to need to be have video enabled in some capacity. Um, that's a big change. I think uh, the the numbers we had before the pandemic with roughly 15% of meeting rooms uh, had video enabled. I think that will change almost to 100% um, in that regard. The size of meeting rooms, I think, will change. Um, I still think there are needs for these larger spaces and auditoriums, training rooms, and boardrooms. There'll always be a need for those those spaces, but there'll be a lot. There'll be a, a bigger need for smaller spaces, you know, the huddle spaces and and those experiences there. Um, the desk space is, uh, is definitely interesting. Um, we're one of the only players that have a desk portfolio um, out there and we're able to offer desk devices for all spaces. And uh, I think that's a growing a growing market. Um, we have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, increase in people requesting desk devices. And um, uh, I think as we go from the home environment uh, back into the office, um, uh, people have had some of these devices at home or they've, uh, uh, they've been using their laptop at home, but they, you know, like, why would I want to use my laptop at the desk? Uh, I can do that from home. Like, why would I, you have to give something a, a better experience? The, the workplace, um, I like to say that the, the, the word office will be banned forever. Like I, I think, I, I think a lot of companies will, will, will shy away from the word office. It's more of a hub. It's more of a place where you come and collaborate, where you come and meet, where you come and be productive. Uh, uh, we, I think we learned from the pandemic that people can be productive um, in a home environment quite well. I would say maybe sometimes even maybe more productive. Maybe it's a bad thing at the same time too. Um, and I think that the office, we, what our goal here is not just to make the best virtual meeting possible, but make the best workplace possible. How do we bring those uh, inorganic, um, sorry, organic, not inorganic, organic um, connections, those water cooler or coffee machine moments? How can we, how can WebEx help drive them? So from us, it's more than just video conferencing. Uh, WebEx has been born from video conferencing, you know, back from 2007 and, and when Hamburg was acquired by Cisco in, in 2010, um, video conferencing was the major focus. I think you're going to see a lot for WebEx moving towards a more hybrid work uh, player in this space where it's more than just the meeting you have in the meeting room. It's also the interactions you have in the building as well. 
now I have the opportunity to talk to you uh, a little bit, go, go into a, a deep dive on, uh, on WebRTC. WebRTC seems to be a standard, uh, but you already mentioned we've got uh, Google, we've got Microsoft, we've got Cisco. Uh, and I'm following it for quite a while now. And um, the interop all comes down in, for example, uh, who is going to push its video codec or uh, its audio codec. Oh, we see uh, Google has developed uh, some codecs, Microsoft has developed some codecs, and I think even uh, Cisco uh, has created one, uh, but that's more, uh, more more open. How how does those teams work in terms of who will get its codec into WebRTC, for example? It's a good question. Um, I the, the answer to that, I, I think, is actually quite simple. I think uh, all the codecs are going to be viable. Uh, in WebRTC. Um, Cisco, will, along with Google and others, co-developed AV1 um, as a video codec very recently, and we're looking at how we can implement that. We already have that today in the WebEx uh, app uh, using AV1. We're looking at how we can bring AV1 into the devices uh, uh, to bring a better experience at low bandwidth. So AV1 is very powerful when you have low bandwidth situations, and uh, I think that's also going to be very critical um, for IT admins and network admins, if you go back to the office, is that the increase in data through your network is probably going to be a lot larger with more video traffic moving around than ever before. Um, so I think codecs play an important role there. Um, I because because the way codecs are built and standardized in the industry with IEEE and and, and, and RFCs, um, I don't see there being major issues in that. I think uh, those are quite get ad adopted quite easily um, in that, and I think. Um, players like uh, vendors player uh, vendors in the industry here are going to use whatever the best experience possible um i don't know what that is going to be in five years time from now but uh I, I don't see that being a problem when it comes to uh designing and or integrating or interrupting uh with these standards uh we've been working with microsoft zoom and google on that quite a bit and making sure that uh, the media standards uh, meet the the expectations of, of both uh, us and the customer um one last question if uh, possible uh, regarding so as you said just now that uh, web rtc is becoming more more as standard so are you going uh, are you saying that uh, did you push a lot of new features into uh, web rtc because I, I tested like web rtc first time one year back or something when it was first introduced and, and there was like a lot of missing features and it was the quality was dropping so i'm not sure if it's uh, much better now i tested recently and it was much better so um and are you saying that sip is dying now like sip was the standard before for video conferencing so are you going are you saying that you see more web rtc but less sip interoperability for everyone who uh listening i'm i'm slightly smirking when when amir said uh the uh the sip is dying messaging because uh i don't i don't think sip is dying um i i think sip still has a, a massive role to play in this industry uh, definitely in the calling industry and, and and all that i don't think it's going anywhere for a very long time in terms of what sip is capable of um there are some limitations there and uh, uh there were some options i think for a lot of the vendors back a few years ago about do we look at expanding SIP and this and the SIP feature set as a standard, or do we look at how we can you know uh, find new technology and and drive that in you know as a standard moving forward? And you're right on WebRTC. WebRTC as um, it it is growing and maturing every day. Um, every time I do a WebRTC call, I see an improvement or I see a new feature or I see a new functionality. 
Um, I think the reason why WebRTC wasn't adopted much earlier is that a lot of these collaboration devices that were in meeting rooms um, were very much built around a, a phone-based SIP standard, and it didn't have the web browsing functionality, the web browsing abilities built into them. That has massively changed in the last five years, uh, not just from Cisco, but from also from other devices as well. As a lot of uh, a lot of industry is using Android a lot more, and and you know having Chromium built into these uh, these operating systems allows us to explore future ways to bring functionality and features. Um, I think when it comes to the features on WebRTC and your comment there around um, not 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 the quality but the feature set. I think that's more around uh, vendors understanding that there are multiple ways to connect and, and you shouldn't be disadvantaged for choosing how you connect into a meeting. I have a very strong passion that um, no one should be disadvantaged for choosing um, where they work or how they work. And, and I think us as a video conferencing uh, company should make sure that we make our products accessible, um, not just from a, uh, a you know, user experience standpoint, but also from a joining mechanism. And a, a good example here is, um, uh, as I was talking to you guys uh, before we started recording, um, uh, around my uh, my housing situation, and, and I was talking to my bank today using my iPad, using WebRTC, built into the bank application. Um, you know, that's an amazing experience. Now, um, I probably shouldn't have said that because I probably, what, I pro what I probably should have just said is that I use my USB pass-through device on my Desk Pro to power that experience for WebRTC. <laughs> um, but I was rushing in the door and I had to get into this meeting really quickly. So I just got my iPad out and press a button and join that experience. So WebRTC is now everywhere. It's pervasive. Um, it is in every app application. It's, in, it's not just in video conferencing um, in terms of like the, the uh, more enterprise workloads. It is also in consumer workloads a lot more. And that is only great for the industry. That means that everyone, more people are working in WebRTC. WebRTC is going to see more improvements. And I have a lot of, a lot of bright future for WebRTC. And I think over the next few years, we're going to see WebRTC really grow and expand into, um, you know, maybe not the primary um, uh, collaboration experience, but definitely a, a, a joint leader in, in those experiences. All right. Well, this has been another phenomenal episode of Cisco Champion Radio. Since we can't possibly fit everything in a short podcast episode, I encourage you to continue your learning by clicking on the link provided in the show notes below. And this is your weekly reminder. You can subscribe to Cisco Champion Radio on your favorite streaming platform and receive alerts on our latest releases. So what are you waiting for? Make sure to click on that subscribe or follow button now. Thank you for listening in. See you again next week.